Hello and welcome to the Book of Lee's podcast. My name is Cara Kearney and I am your host. joining me for episode 34 of Book of Leaves. I hope you're all very, very well. If this is your first or your not first episode, you are very welcome to the podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. This is a long episode, as you can see, so I'm going to get into it as fast as I possibly can. Just one or two things to note before we go in. We talk in this episode, I say we, myself and Augustina, I really love chatting to her and I can't wait for you guys to, to listen. We chat a lot obviously about menstruation and when we speak about menstruation you'll hear us saying people who menstruate sometimes this confuses some people because they're like why aren't they saying women the reason we're saying this is because not only women menstruate we also have trans men menstruating and people who are non-binary they're basically people who are not women who also menstruate. So that's why we use that language. We also talk not just about eco-friendly products, but also about the shame around menstruation. That starts after about 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes is like every regular Book of Lee's podcast episode where we're chatting about the products and how to use them and options out there. And then the last 15, 20 minutes are actually about just the shame around periods and why it's there and how we can maybe try tackle that together and so if you want to just listen to the eco-friendly products then just listen to the first first 45 minutes if you're here just for the shame part then just listen to the last 20 minutes and I would love it if you stuck around for both parts and hopefully as well there are some people who don't menstruate listening to this because it's good to know for the people who do menstruate in your lives for empathetic reasons and also just to kind of know if you're in the eco-friendly buzz because there are certain things that are quite harmful to the environment like sanitary towels and tampons. It's good to know these things. So when you're chatting to your friends and whatnot, you can go, hey, I know of an eco-friendly product. Whether or not you menstruate, you have a say in this because this is your planet too. We will also be chatting how periods can indicate if something is going wrong in your body in regards to your health. But of course, we are not medical professionals. So if you think there is something wrong, please, please always consult a doctor first. And that is everything. If you can support this podcast on Patreon or buymeacoffee.com, please do. I spent hours and hours editing this episode. We chatted for well over 90 minutes and I tried to get it down, but we just there's too much quality chat in here, so I couldn't. So if you could support this podcast on Patreon, buymeacoffee.com forward slash book of leaves, that would be muchly, muchly appreciated. And thank you so much to my regular patrons. I love you guys. Okay, here is Augustina. I will catch you after for some very quick show notes. I hope you guys are having a lovely week and enjoy. Augustina, thank you so much for giving me the time on this relatively warm August day to chat about eco-friendly period products. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) No problem at all. Can you start off the interview by telling us a little bit about yourself, first of all, a little introduction? Oh, I'm always terrible with introductions, to be honest. But um, so I'm Augustina. Some people know me by my other name, which is Adeola. I grew up in London and I moved to Cork almost 
you say six years ago now, I think I've I've lost track. What I do, I have, we live our values, which um, mainly started as more like period activism, period positive activism and um, reusable menstrual products. And then just talking about the environment in general. Um, I also do laughter therapy, which is another thing all all together. Um, You can always search what laughter therapy and laughter yoga is about. I'm from Nigeria. Yeah, I'm from Nigeria. Londoner, now Cork person, I guess, if there's a name for that. Yeah, a Corkonian, I think. Corkonian. Quite comfortable here at the moment. Um, And... My favorite food has to be anything with pasta. Uh, <laughs> and I love flowers. And I love learning about people and just conversations about everything and anything. Yes. That's lovely. Yeah. I think that's the nicest introduction anyone's <laughs> ever had. So <laughs> that's perfect. I can't believe you do laughter yoga and stuff and laughter therapy. I've never tried that. I would love to try that because there is nothing better than a good belly laugh. And I exactly, love they say it's the best medicine. Yeah. Um. So how did you? You started off. We live our values, which is all about kind of period activism and po- positivity around our periods. Um. The reusable side of it. How did you get into that? Were you always kind of aware of the waste involved or was there a certain moment in your life that sparked your kind of eco-friendly mind yeah so i'll be completely honest when i got into reusable menstrual products it wasn't really about um the environment per se that wasn't my main motivator so i think i've been using reusable menstrual products since i was about 13 or 14 um now um and it all came from the fact that with disposable I always used to have like rashes and uncomfortable um, like it used to be a really uncomfortable experience for me and I know I, rem- I have memories of my mom cutting up towels um, when she couldn't afford um, pads from the shop um, and she basically rinsed those towels out wash them and then be using them again kind of you know and then I also have memories of her giving me loads of coins and going to the supermarket and handing in all these coins to try and get pads. Do you know what I mean? But when it came to my own turn, um, I knew already about the options out there, which are disposable. Um, But I felt quite irritated that why do I only have to use this or that when both of them, I don't really get along with them. So around that time, that's when the internet started becoming quite, um, almost everyone had access to the internet one way or another by then. So I ended up searching. I can't remember exactly the conversation I had with someone, (laughs) but it was around the topic of, oh, washable pads, you know. So I looked online and I found um, a small page of some people in India um, who do like circles and they basically come together and sew pads by hand um, with needle and thread and different materials that you already probably have at home. So I looked around and I was like, okay, I do have an old pillowcase. I do have an old towel. I have an old fleece jumper and I do know how to sew. So I decided to try and play around with making um, templates. 
and I ended up making my first set of pads from the upcycled stuff that I had at home, you know. So that's where it actually started was from coming from a place of discomfort and also a place of money. It started to connect in my head that actually, Joe, you know, although I did this for comfort, it's actually, I'm actually doing quite a large service for the environment because I started pretty young. And if I think about it since then, um, I could probably count on my fingers how many times I've had to use disposable pads, you know, and it's always been emergencies or if I'm staying at someone else's house um, or if I'm in school. And to do it for so long, like, that's amazing. It's funny you bring up the, the, the frugality as well and saving money because a lot of people see reusable items as more expensive or more luxurious in a way. It can be. Mm-hmm. It can yeah. be. There are options out, like, for example, the first ones I made, like I said, I made them with things that I already had at home. The first few ones that I made for other people as well, I was in my teens, um, it was made from stuff I already have at home. I even told people, this is how you can make, you know, those who would give me an ear, of course, because it's still, even till today, people are like, what? Ah, what? <laughs> That's old towel, you know? I said, yeah, but if you do a strip wash, it's, it's perfectly okay. It's functional. Sometimes it can be quite pricey. My yeah. items, I know... When people look at the price up front, you know, I I stopped selling them as individuals. It's always sold in pairs and up now. Um, But I know with my own items, it's not for everyone's um, pocket. You know, some people do find that my prices are quite steep, you know, but then some people find my prices pretty low. So I see some people, they pick up one pad um, and pay like the price that is they want to pay the price that is for two and when I tell them actually it's for two of them they're almost shocked like what that's your hours that's your work you've put so much time into these why is your price so low and like it's funny you say that because for some people it's not but look if you look online there are so many different sellers out there um, who are using different materials who do have different uh, machines that they use as well and you know this there's, there's something for everyone I guess um, and there are also on Facebook groups where there are people who do sell the ones that they've already used if you are that frugal and that concerned about not buying anything new there are people who are actually selling ones that they purchased and they didn't even get along with it or they don't need it anymore for whatever reason or they're just doing a de-stash Um, And they post it in these groups. And believe it or not, just like with pre-loved nappies, there are people who are willing to buy pre-loved pads and cups, you know. So I know this is an objection for a lot of people. It's expensive. It can be, depending on your pocket. But at the same time, in the long run, when you think about how much you save over the years, you almost always make back the money that you spent to begin with. Um, but even if you don't have the money to begin with, there are people who are giving away for free or for two euro, three euro and much, much less prices. I know it's very tempting for people to go online and just order from AliExpress or, or these websites, you know, for, I, I try not to judge and I try not to say, um, tell people what to do, but what I would recommend is looking into, 
um, the practices of those who are making um, the pads in those factories, you know, and perhaps look more closer to home. There are people who actually care about what they are doing and they don't just see it as a money-making opportunity um, to exploit, you know, they actually do see it as this is something, a service that I'm doing and these are my ethical reasons and this is the care that I'm taking into producing them. Yeah, that's so true. It's a good point to have to make sure that the there's a lot of greenwashing happening and you can easily be thinking that you're buying eco-friendly products from somewhere that absolutely doesn't care that they're eco-friendly or not. Um, yeah, and yeah, although they are eco-friendly, like in some sense, yes, you are not putting those things into the environment. But then it kind of goes, like I say, with a lot of people, it kind of just depends on how eco-friendly you want to be and what stage you are at, because we all have imperfections anyway. I'd be lying if I said that I am not producing any waste whatsoever. I am producing <laughs> in many ways, um, but, you know, bit by bit, trying to cut back where it's possible. Exactly. And yeah. Something that happens every month for several days is a perfect place to start. Exactly. Yeah. And we need a million people doing it imperfectly rather than everyone doing it perfectly. So 100%. Exactly. Now, if we're to talk people through the kind of pads and we'll get into cups as well themselves. <laughs> For people who have maybe, say, a really heavy flow, do reusable pads work for them as well? Yeah, absolutely. It it also depends on when you say heavy flow. Sometimes when people say heavy flow, um, it's not actually as heavy as they think it is. Um, what you have to remember with a lot of the sanitary towels you do buy disposable, they are meant to be absorbent. So they do draw out blood, right? It's, that's the whole purpose of it. So sometimes you find people when they switch to reusables, they say, oh, I'm not as heavy as I actually thought I was, or it's actually reduced. So it's not that it's reduced, it's actually coming out naturally instead of being drawn out. That's one. Um, two, there are different materials that can be on toppers. So on the, construct, the general construction of a reusable pad, you have the top, you have the top, you have the core, and then you have the back. So what you're going to look for if you're looking for something for heavy flow is the top and the core kind of does matter. Sometimes if the, if the top is not a, a really wicking material, um, then the cores, depending on the maker, might be really wicking. I know it sounds like a different language what I'm saying now, but it, it's just general terms that I'm giving people the term, so if you want to do more research, you can actually, you know what, wicking materials, wicking pads. Um, there is a maker on Etsy who does for gushing. So when you talk about heavy flow, there are different types. So you also have the gushing heavy flow. You have the heavy flow with clotting. You have the heavy flow that is kind of, um, maybe you'd be dry for a couple of hours and then suddenly there's just this massive whoosh that happens and sometimes it's a heavy flow that it kind of just floods you know so it's really about paying attention to what you actually mean by heavy flow that will be the best way for you to decide which way to go about it like my pads are mainly cotton tops right cotton although it's very breathable and absorbent it's not the fastest wicking pad 
So if you are someone who doesn't like a, a slightly wet feeling for a couple of seconds, um, if you've got sensory um, issues or, chat or, or whatever else, there are people who do pads made of bamboo fleece or minky or crushed velvet. There. Then you've got the cores, cotton, again, although very absorbent and breathable. And in, in a lot of ways, it's uh, a more natural material than some of the other alternatives out there. Um, then you've got the length as well. How does the heavy flow go? Is it always just right into the center? Is it rolling to the front, to the back, down the wings, usually on your disposable pad? You think about this and go, okay, usually it goes towards the back. So maybe I need a pad that is shaped in a way that gives me more support at the back. Maybe I always bleed down the wings. So I need to find a pad that has um, larger wings on the side and not something really small. Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. There's so many different ways. Yeah. Like we just we never think or talk about this really. That you don't just you don't just bleed one way. Yeah. Because when we are taught about um, periods or the menstruation experience, as I'm going to call it, um, it's always taught in a way that it needs to be hidden and get it out of the way. Even the disposable adverts, it's always about discreetness and hiding things and getting out of the way. Um, you don't need to worry about it. Just don't even look at it. Just roll it up and throw it away. You know, it's, it's, it's away, but it's only changing locations. And it's still going to happen next month and the month after. If you're not pregnant or you don't have any other issues, it's going to keep on happening for, on average, 40 to 45 years of your life. You know, isn't it something that we should actually pay attention and be thinking about what's going on 100 percent, yeah and we'll get more into that i think in regards to pads it's good to know that people with all sorts of flows can use them how do you wash them how what like are there any special ways you would recommend people do that so like with different periods that come in variation washing routines come in variation as well you know, so many ways of doing it. I know it, that's why I feel for some people it can be really overwhelming trying to know where to start. So I just try to make it simple by saying, this is what I recommend for my items. Going online, you'd find others. There are people on YouTube even showing you their wash routines. If you search cloth pad wash routines, loads of videos will pop up. Cool. So um, wash routines. So what I always recommend for people is first of all, you're not trying to throw it into a hot wash straight away. What happens when you do that is your blood basically has protein and a lot of other stuff. You cook the blood, which means you set the stains in. So I always tell people do a cold rinse as soon as possible or a cold soak if you're not willing to wash the pad straight away. Get a bucket that you keep in your um, bathroom and throw it into the cold water with the soiled side facing down right? And you just change the water periodically until you're ready to actually wash the pads. But my, the way I usually do is once I get home, I give everything a rinse with cold water. And even if I'm not going to wash it straight away, if, if I'm not going to, I throw it into with the rest of my dirty clothes. If I am going to wash them straight away, I throw them in the washing machine with whatever else is going to be washed that is not too soiled or whatever. Um, if I'm traveling, I just do it in the shower at the end of the day. 
cold rinse first, then when they get in the shower, give it a hand wash and dry it overnight. So that's the general way most people feel, oh, can you put it in with the rest of your clothes? Yeah, you kind of can once the rinse is done, so long as you haven't got fabric conditioner um, added or any bleach or the soap that you're using, you're not putting something harsh inside your washing machine. That's very important as well. Um, some people prefer to wash them separate, like they would separate all of their underwear and their pads and do a separate wash just for those. But um, I say either way, it's okay. The same way if you get blood on your jeans or your knickers, um, it's very unlikely that you're just going to throw them away. Um, most, most people don't just throw them away. You throw them into the washing machine with everything else. Yeah, they're good points. <laughs> and good to mention as well about the chemicals in your washing powder or the soap that you use because you're putting it near the most sensitive part of your body as well. Yeah. And that's a lot of people do have those issues with disposable um, products as well. They can be quite irritating, like you found your own experience and... I had a friend, yeah. Neve, texted me because I put a thing on my story going, if anyone has questions, let me know. And Neve texted me mm-hmm. being like, she actually moved to reusable years ago because it was just too harsh. It's a very yeah. sensitive area. We have to mind it. And um, an absorbent area, you know. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the issues that people have with their periods, in some ways it can be linked back to what's actually in the pads, you know. Sometimes people, they think about oh, but are are reusable pads sanitary? Are they clean? And I say, are the disposable ones clean as well? Just because they're bleached white, it doesn't mean that they are actually clean. A lot of them have been sitting on shelves for God knows how many years, you know, never mind what it's actually made of. That's another thing altogether. If you, even if it's not something that's hidden, it's on their websites, it's on their packaging, they tell you, but most of us guarantee if you ask 10 people, have you read the leaflet inside the tampon box, letter to letter, maybe only one would say yes, they have. So it's a funny one. Yeah, <laughs> um, isn't it just? And the thing as well about reusable pads is they can look so pretty. Like the ones you buy in shops are plain white, uh, you know, or whatever, but you can get such lovely designs and they can be so soft touch as well, like really soft. Makes it just a bit nicer for you because, you know, it can be a tough time. Do you know, there are some people that you know, they've got more than enough pads at home for their cycle, but they call themselves paddocks or we call them paddocks because they, it's like this obsession. They want new prints. They want kind of like what you have of new clothes. In a way, it ties in with the positivity for a lot of people, it changes the relationship that they have with their period, you know. They end up actually looking forward to which one do I get to choose? Which one do I get to try? Which shape can I get to try, you know? Oh my God, I am wearing these cute prints and only I know I am wearing these really cute pads right now. One more thing about pads, for because some people just putting things in the vagina is just painful or they just you know cups or tampons they just can't um uh, use so when it comes to swimming or you know activities like that where typically people would go to tampons like is there anything re- any kind of reusable pads that that kind of help with that today not that i'm aware of hmm. right for swimming and such there probably is 
I mean, it's always changing. People are always coming up with different things. Yeah. And there might like be, said, in the underwear it. world, there might be like a big brand like Tinks or something. I'd yeah. be amazed if they haven't started making I'm that. not sure, to be honest. Yeah. With Tinks, it's very absorbent, which is great, you know. Um, but I'm not sure how it would fare swimming. It might be so absorbent that it's just going to get really soaked with water as well. You know, That's true, and yeah. then you might have what we call compression leaking, which is when you now sit down. Um, so, you know, if you've got a really um, watery flow, you find the consistency tends to be very close to that of water. You know, blood and water generally don't have the same consistency. But if you do find that you've got one that is really, really watery, um, sometimes if pads, as you sit, there might be some brands that you get compression leaking from, which means. Um, instead of it leaking like a um, rolling off the front or back it's literally as you sit and you add weight it's a really uncomfortable feeling and experience and I can imagine that's probably what would happen with the swimming yeah yeah well hopefully there might be something on the horizon very soon yeah um the length of time of which you use them because cups can be in for i think they say eight to 12 hours like max yeah they say they say yeah (laughs) (laughs) um pads i presume it depends on the the thickness you know the layer and underwear depends on the absorbency so it's what it's always very important when you are buying pads to buy one that's appropriate for your flow so if you've got a really heavy flow and you're buying a moderate pad you will have to change more frequently anyway which is fine good hygiene practices You know, if you are buying a pad that is for heavy and you've got a moderate flow, I'd still tell you to change anyway. Um, (laughs) I know there are people who wear pads for six hours or the whole day, but I always tell people, even though my pads can offer more absorbent, like you can wear them for a couple of hours, I always tell people try to change every four hours or so because with cloth pads, it's extra important to maintain Uh, good hygiene practices you know if you get really lazy with them you will ruin them you know you want them to last as long as possible Um, if they've got really cute pretty prints you might want to have them looking cute and pretty for as long as possible as well and generally you want to feel fresh you know there's none of that fake floral um, scented perfume or whatever that they put in disposables not saying that blood has a smell. If, it do, if you find that your blood is having a strong smell, probably get checked out because there's something sinister probably going on there or you're not maintaining good hygiene practices. You know? So you want to feel fresh. You want to feel comfortable. You want them to last as long as possible. So between anywhere between four to six hours would be reasonable to be changing your pads. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's overnight, then that's a different story yeah. altogether. Yeah. Um, good to know and then have you any experience yourself with the kind of more commercial period underwear yeah I do um and although there is there are different brands there are different ways I remember at one point I tried to make my own for myself um before thinks and all that came out there are people in the cloth pad community who have been making um underwear with the attached core inside or just taking old underwear that they already have making a core and basically stitching it inside to do the same job you know and I've gone through making my own I've gone through trying a few of the others I've gone through more commercial ones as well Um, and generally I just like being able to change 
actually snap something out and snap something else in. I find with the underwear, it's kind of a thing of, um, although they say you can wear it for several hours and it can hold up to three tampons in, in one brand. Well, if I'm out and about for the whole day, I don't want to wear those underwear, that underwear for the whole 12, 14 hours that I'm out and about. Um, I'm not going to feel comfortable. I'm going to always have this thing in the back of my head. Can somebody um, sense, <laughs> which is also comes into the whole shame thing, which I'm still trying to fight against within myself. Can somebody sense? Well, what's, what's the matter if they do sense? You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a menstruating person, so it's, it's going to happen at some point. But I, I'd still have it. Hmm, can they sense? Can they smell me? Um, how am I going to change? What if it leaks? I know it's, I've been wearing it for several hours now. But for some people, it works. And yeah. it's their go-to. And like I say, everyone is different. Yeah. So no, but they're all points, uh, good points to consider. Um, right, so moving on to cups, menstrual cups. Um, my housemates are sick to death of me talking about cups all the time. I love cups. I love cups as well. I've had, um, I've had two. The first, the first one I had didn't actually fit me. Um, it was a bit too small, and so I got another one, mm. and that that's working well. So for anyone who doesn't know, a menstrual cup is basically. Nearly always made of silicone, like an egg cup shaped thing that you fold and you insert up um, your vagina and you can leave it there for a couple of hours and you then Mm -hmm. pour it out and you empty it and you clean it and reuse it. So Mm. they might not work for everyone because some people do experience pain and can't wear tampons or, or cups. What is your advice for people using cups if they want to try cups for the first time? should you look out for uh, how do you know it's working okay so cups it's like with reusable sanitary towels it's whole world there's like so many brands so many sizes so many shapes colors as well and so many reviews you don't know where to go where to start i'd always say um first of all put a cup in it um is this is a resource that i like mentioning to people so first thing to think about when you're thinking about menstrual cups, what is your flow like? Light, moderate, heavy, super heavy. They claim up to 12 hours. A smaller cup would probably be for a lighter flow, a light to moderate flow. You might need to change it more frequently um, throughout the day. Um, and then a larger cup generally would be for moderate to heavy flow. But sometimes you see on these packs or these websites, they say, if you're over 35 and have had children and if you're not and I'm like what what does that mean that's where I went wrong buying my first cup as well because I was like I'm under 35 and I've had no kids so obviously I'll get the smaller cup then and it was it was too small so then they just made Mm -hmm. me feel bad because I was like oh my god do I have a vagina of a woman who's given birth when I haven't (laughs) which doesn't matter and you know that's the thing like sometimes your muscles might not be uh, super strong and sometimes your muscles might be super strong to the point that the cup doesn't even open up properly. Yeah. You know? Oh, nice it's thunder. That thunder. <gasps> wow. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And not just that, your cervix moves throughout your cycle, right? It can drop really low and it can go really high. For some people, when they are menstruating, it drops pretty low. For some people, when they are menstruating, it rides really high. 
when I say hi, I mean like the lengthwise, right? Um, sure. So, <laughs> so one of the easy ways is by actually just sticking your finger up and having a feel for your cervix, how low or high it might be. Kind of feels like the end of your nose ish, um, and then you'd have a rough idea of how high or low it is. Because sometimes if you've got a really small cup, I, this has actually happened with a friend of mine. So I love Lunette. Um, I'm very I'm biased to them because I find they're one of the softest and smallest cups in the market. And they are made in Finland. So it's kind of like somewhere in Europe. And they're super efficient with their customer service and whatever. But that's just, I'm not putting that there. <laughs> but uh, in general... She purchased one of the Lunette small cups and because she'd seen someone on YouTube trimmed the stem off, she trimmed the stem off as well because she was like, oh, I don't want to feel it when I insert. She didn't know that her cervix actually rides quite high. And so what happened is she inserted the cup and throughout the day it kind of went da 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 So when it now came for the time to get it out, she was trying to reach and because she had cut off the stem already, there was nothing for her to grab the end of. And it became this thing of, <gasps> it's stuck. <laughs> it's not stuck. It will always come out. But um, she really had to bear down and do pushing of the cup out just to get it to the point where she could finally break the seal and remove the cup. You know, and it's yeah. literally because you saw someone cut the stem off. Say, so, well, you can leave the stem on because once it's in properly, you probably won't feel it. If you do feel it, it probably means that, yes, go ahead, trim it. You can trim it bit by bit to see where you need to stop. You don't need to cut it all the way off. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that just comes down to, like I said, your flow, your cervix, sometimes your muscles, your pelvic floor muscles. That thunder yeah. sounds amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know that about the cervix riding high or low because yeah. like you should leave them in for a couple of hours when you're trying them originally because that actually happened to me the first time, the first cup I got, mm. I put it in. I was like, oh no, I can still feel the stem. I'll cut a bit more like straight away. And then the first mm. time I had to take it out, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to ask my, my ex, my boyfriend at the time. I'm going to have to ask him to drive me to A&A. It's stuck. I can't <laughs> get it out or he's going to have to get it out. How do I? And eventually mm. it did come out. But I do know of someone who actually just couldn't get theirs out and they went to hospital. But but it was probably the same kind of thing where they just cut the stem yeah. too short and didn't realize. Cut the stem too short or they got a really small cup, like a really short cup, you know? Yeah. Um, and all of this can be avoided by sticking your finger up. I know some people are really like, I don't want to. But if you're going to go for internal protection, you need to. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, not it. everyone does. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, not everyone does. Like, sometimes it's the opposite. People get a really long cup and... They, even after they've cut the stem off, they can still feel it. You know, they can still feel it at the bottom. And, um, and you say, have you tried pushing it any further? Yes. And it's extremely painful. Okay. Definitely stop using that cup. You know, yeah. sometimes if you are wearing it and throughout the day, you're feeling pain, right? It's not normal to feel pain with the menstrual cup. And when I say pain, I'm not talking about your menstrual cramps or the usual pains that you, you might have. I'm talking about pain that once you take the cup out, you don't feel anymore. Stop using it. 
Yeah. You know, because there are a number of issues that can come with it. I'm not a medical advisor, but I have spoken with doctors about it. And actually my doctor, my GP, purchased the cup from me and she Ew. used it herself. And she came back to tell me she needs a menstrual disc instead of a menstrual cup because she was having issues with, with that particular cup that she got, you know. And that's, that's something that a lot of times when people are advocating for cups, they don't talk about. They say, oh, it should be all fine once you wear it. You shouldn't feel anything. Yeah, you shouldn't feel anything. But what happens if you are feeling something, please stop using it. I try and find either a different cup, a softer cup, a different shape, or just try and use something else yeah. altogether. You know, if you want to be on the safe side, perhaps don't just buy the first one you see. Um, ask questions, try to do research, look at reviews, go to YouTube. There are people actually talking about their cup experience. Some of them are super dramatic. And I'm like, oh. It's dramatic because you've done everything wrong. <laughs> but, you know, you still learn from them. Okay, yeah. that's the mistake they made. That's where, yeah. that's where they went wrong with that. So let me try this, you know. And what's I, the menstrual disc that your doctor mentioned? What's that? Yeah. So menstrual discs, something that has been around for a long time as well. Um, they've always been in the disposable form previously. Um, so it's basically... Kind of similar to a menstrual cup, except it doesn't really sit in the vaginal canal like menstrual cups usually would. It would literally sit right at the bottom of your cervix. And it's like um, when you insert it, it's a really, it's about that size in length. About and it's got three like or four inches. Right. Yeah. And then it's got like, um, um, we call it a sheet that you can insert and then you kind of place it in place wear it for several hours you can even have sex with it in as well which you can't wow. do don't try that with a menstrual yeah cup. oh gosh no <laughs> don't do it i know someone did and it didn't like there was nothing no bad experience but i don't do it yeah. you know <laughs> um and then you kind of would loop it out and with the disposable ones you'd throw them away um but now there are i know of three or four brands who are now doing the reusable ones that operate the same way. Instead of inserting it like a cup and waiting for it to pop open, you'd be inserting it and then kind of getting it into place with your finger. Um, and then it catches the blood and it does the same function of emptying it out and um, rinsing it and then inserting it again. Amazing. I, I just never heard of that before. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Look up menstrual discs, reusable yeah. ones, and you'll see a few different things. And um, that's not the only internal protection. You hear about menstrual cups, menstrual discs. There are people who use sea sponges. Oh, I've yeah, heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. There are people who yeah. use sea sponges. I've attempted using sea sponges myself. I, pre I think I've attempted pretty much everything at this point. Um, sea sponges I attempted and I found compression especially if I would cough my my muscles would just do this uh shutdown like, thing yeah and I would literally feel the treacle coming oh, wow. out you know and it's, it's, it's for some people they get along like yeah. but then I also had the concern of how do you really um clean it with a cup you can sterilize it 
Um, and but with the sponge, there are different ways people say you can sterilize it. Um, but then I always have this thing of, mm, can I still? And then you've got some people who, um, although I'm not fully vegan, um, there are people who they say the sea sponges are not vegan. So there's a, another, mm. yeah. another dynamic that as well actually yeah i don't know i never really thought about that before because it is like a living organism but i don't know if it's closer to a plant or is it closer to an oyster or something but different opinions you've also got the reusable tampons that people make and use um (laughs) i've tried those as well that's another thing if someone is curious enough and wants to experiment with themselves they can on etsy and wherever else there are people who do not only ones from crochet with um cotton there are people who actually sew um them as well with like this kind of string attached and what happens is you basically roll it up and then fold and then insert it like a normal tampon as well and then the only difference is you wash them and use them again and again there's so many options out there which is great. so many options and i feel like it's robbery that we're only told about two growing up yeah yeah we're only told about pads yep. or tampons definitely well there's yeah there's a lot of robbery involved of money as well and yeah oh my god just the general <laughs> attitude yeah but like i always say you know because of the attitude people die from embarrassment you know i always thought it's just uh a, a, a phrase you know oh i die from embarrassment actually yes people are mm-hmm. because they are so embarrassed to talk they're so embarrassed to ask questions they're so embarrassed to get checked up you get tested and a whole load of a whole series of different things happen and then you find out oh it's far too late to actually act and do anything about it and that's what we call dying from embarrassment because had we had a culture of talking openly and talking like it's something natural, which it is, and sharing our tra- challenges and sharing our positives and sharing things that worked and things that didn't work and sharing what is normal and what is abnormal and what might be sinister and what isn't sinister or what should be checked into, um, then a lot of people would not be um, finding themselves 15, 20 years after first noticing symptoms of something sinister, being told there's nothing you can do about it, or, okay, let's now you have to have a full hysterectomy, or you've got stage four cervical cancer. And it, it's not something that just came out of the blue. They would have seen signs. Yeah. You know, your body always tells you something is up, you know, yeah. but they, or they might have not even seen it because they didn't even know what to look out for because nobody talks. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, it's so, there's such a stigma around it. And that's one thing I've seen you talk about on Instagram as well that I'd love you to chat a little bit about mm. is what kind of things that you can do with your period and what to look out for. That's something you mentioned with the cup that like it, the cup is great that you can you can really see the consistency and, and yeah. you know, it's right there. So what kind of, what do you, what, should people be doing with their like instead of just like getting rid of it what should people yeah to get to know themselves yeah there are different things that you can do um i will talk about what i personally do i always pay attention to smell i always pay attention to any clotting that would be inside the cup so i do get clots once in a while but sometimes i know for example when i have a cold or a flu 
for some odd reason, my clots are much larger and look like bloody dementias <laughs> from, you know, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sucking out the happiness dementia. from everybody. Yeah. Yes. Um, when I've had changes in my diet, I've noticed changes in my period as well. You know, when I was completely vegan, I noticed the consistency was very different. Sometimes the smell, it smelled a little bit, a little bit more metallic than usual. I also found that it was a lot more watery than usual. And the clotting that I was having wasn't as bad as I would generally have. You know, and I started to do some research into that. And I said, oh, hey, a lot of the things that we are ingesting, you know, could actually be playing with our hormones as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's something that's linked in. Like I say, I'm not a medical professional, but, yeah. you know, looking at the consistency, your clotting, um, if it's something that is not usually what happens as well, any change, literally any, even the color, you know, as you look, oh, why is it the whole of my period this time, the blood has only been brown and really dark black. Brown and dark usually tells you it's old blood. It's not something that is fresh, um, new, or do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, or, oh my God, it's really pink. It's really bright. Just looking, being aware, not just throwing it away, taking notes. Okay, this month it's like this. Next month, is it the same? If there is a difference, what have I changed? What is what? What have I changed? If there's no change whatsoever, okay, maybe take it to your doctor. If you see a huge clot, for example, appear, um, and you are sexually active, it might be worth also keeping it and taking it to your doctor if you're really concerned, especially if your period ended up coming late. Suddenly, you've got this huge mass inside. You know, There's no harm in running it underwater as well to see is it actually just a blood clot or is there tissue in there as well? It can be, for some people, it can be really weird. Um, oh, I don't like the look of blood and I don't like, I feel sick when I see it, you know. Yeah, I, I hear that a lot, you know. And, for, and I'm not saying that people don't experience that. But I am saying is, if you can, even if it's just a five second look, look. With the reusables, whether it's a cup or a pad, it really forces you to pay attention to what's going on. Whether you like it or not, you're going to have to deal with your waste. You're going to have to look at it. You're going to have to wash it out. You're going to have to give it a rinse. You know, so if you are going to have to do it anyway, there's no harm in just taking a mental note as well. Good tips. And yeah, don't be afraid of touching. I hope I answered the question. Yeah, no, you did. Yeah. Watch the smell. Um, the color, the consistency as well. Don't be afraid to touch it as well and feel it. I remember you saying before, because they do, they like our bodies are way smarter than we give them credit for. Um, yeah. they, they tell us a lot and our periods do tell us a lot. And yeah, the shame and stigma. And one thing about the shame that just really irks me is the sexualization of tampons and cups and anything yeah. that goes in there like as if it all gives us pleasure it's like 
and a lot of men would be saying this because they don't have you know most men don't yeah. have a vagina so they don't know that literally if you've got a tampon up there you cannot feel it or you shouldn't be able to feel it like, mm-hmm. and it's head. not an enjoyable experience no like leave us the hell alone with your oh, cancelling that but that you know that's not just coming from the internal protection side of things the reason no. why they have that mentality is because in general women are just sexualized you know in Mm -hmm. in every way shape or form even before you're a woman you know from childhood every level so it's no wonder that now you want to use internal protection they want to poke their nose in and say all sorts or people find it vulgar if you talk about it i think it comes back to the fact that a lot of people feel like the vagina's only purpose is to give birth you know, mm-hmm. to, to actually just bring life. And it's not, it's not, you know, there's so many other things that can be done with vaginas, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, but we need to walk. What, what would you say to people to help break down the shame around not only periods, but also vulvas and, and how there's so many different types so many i love that's one thing i love about your instagram account as well for anyone who is yet to follow you you share a lot of beautiful artwork of vulvas and from the vulva gallery yeah the vulva gallery is an instagram page brilliant work that they're doing um where people actually send in pictures of their vulvas and a little bit of a, a, a comment about how they feel about their vulva or what they used to feel about it And they basically do a nice watercolor painting of it and share. And it's so amazing. So much variation, you know, and every single one of them is normal. And I think this whole, a lot of the shame is, it it just comes back to just not talking because we're not talking. We end up going to the internet sometimes to look. And usually the stuff that is on the internet is put on there for a particular purpose you know, not for the purpose of empowerment, not for the purpose of education, not for the purpose of this is normal, you Mm -hmm. know. I really wouldn't know where to start about talking about shame and embarrassment anymore. Yeah, You know, it's something that I'm constantly having to talk about and it's always coming from a different angle. And even within myself, I'm, I'm still battling some levels of it. I, was it two days ago I did Instagram live and I was asking, when did it actually start for me? And I said, you know, it's probably when um, sex education in primary school was segregated. You know, for me, I had girls were in one class and the boys were in one class. And then after the class, we didn't talk about what we discussed in the class with the teachers. You know, you had the male teachers talking to the boys and the women teachers talking to the girls about what would be happening to their bodies and you know all that stuff and then after when we were all back in the classroom there was this thing of oh we can't talk about what we just learned and we're now looking at the boys and they're looking at us and it's kind of this thing of oh I know what's happening to you you know it's yeah but children are naturally curious and open and free-spirited you know was that when it became a, a topic of shame in my head? Because right up until then, I didn't see anything 
I didn't see anything wrong with um, menstruation and whatever else. I've seen my mum. I know that my mum has periods, you know. I've seen aunties, they have periods. I know the teacher has because she's clearly had pads on the table at some point, you know. Um, so I was like, when did it start? When? But I talked to other people, it wasn't the same experience. Yeah, it's for everyone. Yeah, I mean, when did it start for you, if you had to look back? Um, well, I remember getting my period when I was 11. My mom would be fairly open now with with periods, and she told me how it works and, and everything like that. And, you know, if, if when I get it, to tell her, and she'll get by me the things that I need. But I do remember one day in primary school that uh, someone came back from the girls' toilet and said, I can't remember what class we were in, it must have been maybe fifth class and someone said there there was blood in the toilet seat and everyone Mm. like it was a mixed school there was there was 13 boys and I think 17 girls and everyone was like who who has their period everyone was trying to figure it out like and it was it was quite like uh oh my god someone's on their period and we don't know who it is you know and someone like it's a crime yeah like it was so it's trying to figure out figure that out now when I was when I got mine I and I, I just felt embarrassed I would I was quite a shy child people listening to this would be like yeah right if they know me but I was I was a shy child and I had these awful cramps all day and when I went my auntie was visiting and my mom was downstairs with my dad and chatting to her and I went to bed and when I went to the toilet I was like oh my god I'm after getting it so straight away I just called mom and she was coming up the stairs and she, I was like, I'm after getting my period. And her reaction was like, yes! <laughs> she was so <laughs> excited and she was so happy. But I was mortified. Like, you know, early teenager or whatever. I was like, oh, this is scarlet. So she had nothing. So she went downstairs, asked my auntie for a pad. She had these huge overnight pads. So I wore oh, one of okay. those. Um, and then I was like, oh, this is so embarrassing. Now my auntie knows. And then the next, I just went straight to bed, didn't go back downstairs. And then the next morning, my auntie was gone and my dad came in and fair play to oh. him. It meant a lot to him. And he gave me this big hug and he was like, I'm oh. so proud of you. But I was like, I'm Scarlett. I was, I, I just found it so mortifying. And embarrassing. Yeah, it was so embarrassing. I was like, I really don't want anyone else to know about this ever. And Would you say it's linked to the, to that incident of the blood being on the toilet seat? It school? could have been, it could have been. Cause that was the first time and just kind of seeing how everyone else, you know, you want to fit it's... in when you're that age. It's hard being 10 or 11 or like whatever. Yeah the girls in that class were, were tough work sometimes and you didn't you wanted to be on their side all the time um mm. so that might have been where it started for me but then now recently I mean my housemate Shane has been getting an earful about moon cups and it's great and I'm I'd be much more open about it now it's really good but the leaking if you're in public and you leak I still find it it goes like, back to that shame yeah. back back in school I think because you know I'm trying to put the words together. I feel like when you first start your period, yeah. there's so much anxiety of an unnatural level that you have to carry around the entire time. And yeah. then that coupled with the fact that you can't talk about it and you can't talk about what a horrible time you're having. If you miss school because of it, it's not seen as a good reason mm-hmm. or you don't want to do sports in school everyone knows why you're not doing the sports 
and they're all whispering and talking or you think they're whispering and talking half times they don't care yeah you know but this whole anxiety that someone so young has to carry as an adult I struggle with anxiety and it's a horrible feeling you know and I'm like Mm -hmm. we put so much on the children and on top of that when they are having these mood swings you have this adult belittling them because of such mood swings forgetting that actually they're really having a really stressful time and the whole eight or so hours that they're at school is just constant stress you can't focus in the class because they're thinking about this period that's happening and what if someone finds out and when they go to the toilet they're concerned that someone's going to hear the wrapper opening Mm -hmm. or if the teacher tells them to stand up to come and write on the board they're so petrified that if I stand up and there's blood on my shirt or my trousers that all of that I think that really contributes to why even as adults so many people are still having such anxiety around the topic and even mentioning the p word oh i have my period giving it different names different times you know? yeah different it's like oh it's my time of the month everything is yeah. just got, i've got my hand flow yeah uh, there's you so know, many different names for it all and i you know i really i i really struggle with it because i'm like why is it like we have no choice you know yeah. of us, we have no choice of what's going on you know, and the whole reason why we're alive is because someone was menstruating. Mm-hmm. And the fact that through childhood, right through teen years, right through early adult years, right through to menopause, women are whispering about the menopause, whispering about the challenges they're having and the hot flushes and what a horrible time they're experiencing. Um, not just women, but anyone who's experiencing menopause, because mm-hmm. it's not just women, right? Um, they're still having such a hard time talking about it. You know, I remember when I had a couple of ladies here, elder ladies, elderly, and they were talking about the menopause so openly. And one of them, she's like, I actually miss, I miss having my period. I really do. Because I miss having the release. You know, I miss that feeling just after the period has gone like a spring chicken every single time yeah. and the others were like oh no I'm glad it's over out of the way you know but then I said when I said oh I'm sure you're glad it's over but how are you actually experiencing it now like how are you feeling on a day-to-day basis your husband you know are you still attracted to him how you used to be oh no I can't stand him anymore he's so irritated we have a lot of arguments these days you know and I'm like so there's actually a lot more going on. Yeah. And whilst you were happy that the bleed has stopped, there's still a lot more going on. And yeah. the fact that you have to carry it yourself and not talk about it and whisper about it and only go to designated groups to speak about it. It's mm-hmm. just ridiculous, I think. It really is. And it I still really don't is. get it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a hard <laughs> one to break because, you know, you're trying not to make other people feel uncomfortable, but at the same time it happens. And I think we just need to start, like I've started being more open about it. I, I'll be open with my nieces and nephews and ask my siblings to be the same with their like with their kids and ask my you know I think it starts it starts with the kids like everything and having those conversations with kids like, like it's any other thing yeah you know? oh I have a headache today I have my period 
definitely yeah <laughs> just been more and open you know that's one thing I did in school I remember I used to be quite moody I still am sometimes intentionally mostly I, I sometimes just don't want people saying, you know on purpose <laughs> So I remember in school, a guy actually making this joke, oh, you must be on your period, that's why, you know, like as if it's funny. And he said, he's trying to make me feel uncomfortable. I'm going to make him uncomfortable. I wasn't on my period, but I said, yes, I'm on my period. I've been on my period for the last three days. I'm having a horrible time, blood pouring out of me all day. Should have seen the look on his face. Oh, he was Augustina, like, you're a hero. <laughs> he was like, oh. I said, yes, I'm on my period. And what, what, you know, I think I was 15. I think that was the first time I understood. I said, okay, do you know people who are going to be uncomfortable? I'm going to be uncomfortable, but I can't be the only one uncomfortable here. Do you know? Um, yeah. It's not a comfortable experience. I'm not having a comfortable experience all the time. So, why should I now have this random person giving out to me because I'm not in a good mood? All you have to do is be quiet and leave me alone for a couple of hours, you know, or a couple of days. You're, you're pinning it on my period as if it's the wrong thing that I'm supposed to, that I'm irritated, never mind the anxiety. You know how you said, you know, it's an uncomfortable topic for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's also uncomfortable the person who has to experience it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the fact, and it, it adds to the discomfort that we can't talk. Yeah, so I think we just have to get used to all being uncomfortable. Yeah, because that, that <laughs> discomfort won't last very long. It, I, I'd much rather just be uncomfortable with period cramps than have the society <laughs> discomfort as well. The main reason, a lot of people, they know, I like going to markets and such and going to events. The reason why, it's not to make sales, it's to engage with people. And to be in their faces, you know. I love the reactions when people look, oh, come off it. Like, no, what's that for? Is that, is that an eye mask? Is it a purse? <laughs> Hold your phone, does it go in your shoe? I said, no, actually, it goes in your knickers. <laughs> These are for periods, menstruation, you know, just straight out saying the words. And you've got people to go, oh, you know, it's amazing that you don't even hesitate saying those words. Why should I hesitate? It doesn't hesitate in appearing when it's inconvenient. Yeah. (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) So why am I going to hesitate to say periods, menstruation, that's what it's for, you know? Yeah. So I think it's a big topic, shame. So many layers to it. Yeah. And it's still continuing. The fact that, was it 83, 84 people um, complained about that Tampax advert and it was enough to get taken down you know <laughs> mm-hmm. that ad is it, it, people hated it some people hated it because it was really cringy like friends of mine who'd be open about their periods were like oh it's just so cringy but like it's not the only cringy yeah. ad out there ads are cringy exactly we'll just end up it's they're trying to get your attention to do something and yeah that 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 was removed infuriated me no. yeah and it was a question that people ask all the time how comes i can still feel the tampon when i put it in yeah when you put it in properly have you put it in all the way? Yeah, and people you know? leaving the applicators in, not realizing that you're supposed to take no. those out. Yeah, it happens. Or some people, they buy those and they have a bad time and they don't know. Actually, you can get ones that don't have the applicators as well. Mm-hmm. You know, this it's, it's an actual thing that people 
are not aware of. So yeah, it's it's cringy, but not enough reason to be taken down. I think, you know, we we are in a day and age where so many things are considered acceptable and just ignored, and it's okay, whatever. So I, I still wonder why, when it comes to periods, menstruation, and everything related, it's still still such a big, big, big no-go area for mm-hmm. so many people. Yeah, in some parts of the world, like there's a really deep cultural thing behind it. Um, there's like communities that I know of that if a woman is on her period, she can't go into the kitchen because you're seen as yeah. unclean, you're seen as dirty. Yeah. Even where I'm from, I know my granddad's church. If you are on your period, you wouldn't be allowed inside the church because you were impure, you know, mm. unclean. Same in mosques, you know. Generally, you shouldn't be going inside because it's considered impure, unclean, mm. you know. But then you've got more extreme um, cases where people are having to sleep in separate houses. But then there's something else more um, close to home is the fact that, you know, people are missing out on education because of inadequate supplies, you know. Period poverty, it doesn't only happen in third world countries. It's right here in Ireland too. I've had women tell me they've used socks, rolled up magazines, newspapers, rolled up tissue for the whole time. Um, One person told me um, she used her son's nappy, you know, because she couldn't afford. Then you've got girls who, was there a survey that was done? I I can't remember the, the numbers off the top of my head who usually when they would miss school because of their period, it wasn't necessarily because they were having extreme cramps that made them uncomfortable, but it was because they literally didn't have enough pads to be able to actually um, feel comfortable enough to go to school, you know, concerned that, oh, I've only got two pads for the whole day, at least at home, if they leak, because of that embarrassment of leaking and shame, at least at home, if they leak, um, nobody is going to see it. Horrible. Um, so there, yeah, period poverty is a, is a huge thing as well as just period misinformation. There's people out there. I know a guy who literally said to someone, "Why don't you just hold it in and wait till you get to the bathroom?" There are some menstruators who, I mean, this group I'm in. Um, although that's not what can happen. Like it's not something that just happens. Yeah, you can't just hold it in and release it when you want. No. But there are some people who train themselves, um, in the sense that they basically tense for several hours um they will still leak a little bit but it's not the full flow and then when they go to the toilet they sit there and then kind of just kind of just pause wow yeah it's it's a really interesting um you usually find that in the free bleeders community yeah which we haven't touched on a lot at all really but that is that is another thing that you can do free bleeding yeah there are people who free bleed um, they don't use any sanitary um, protection, internal or external at all. They just kind of let it go, um, whether it be their knickers or their trousers or they have particular shorts that they wear during that time. Sometimes I, I do free bleed towards the end of my period, which is at night time. I would put like a towel down and just sleep naked yeah, and just let it go. We've talked about so, so much and I could literally have this conversation for ages and I nearly want you to start your own podcast on period talk I would love that and people's period stories 
Um, if people want to find you, you are on Instagram. Um, I'll link that in the show notes. And you are also hopefully I'm working on a website. I know it's been quite difficult getting it up and running, but hopefully you will have a website soon. And yeah. I'll keep people updated on that. And if they're following you, they'll, of course, know as well. And now the mm-hmm. markets like in person, if people want to buy products off you or, or chat you in person, obviously that's different so you're only yeah what i found with the markets is you know people like touching your feeling Mm. and having a personal one-on-one conversation when you take out the markets because of the current situation the pandemic and all that you know um it's a little bit more difficult but i still want to be able to have the one-on-one conversation so i'm trying to figure out the best way to go about with that and on my site which I'm working on I've taken a lot of effort into trying to be descript- as descriptive as possible um, with the pads and also putting a way to actually contact me personally but that's why it's still stalling because it's not really how I it's not sometimes you have a vision but it's not really the easiest vision to actually achieve Mm. but I want to achieve it so until I can I'm just going to continue stalling <laughs> but in the meantime I can still be found on Instagram at live our values um, on Facebook it's we live our values but my main thing is has always been activism I don't yes it's nice to make sales but it's not it's not the thing that I love the most if you know yeah. what I mean yeah so I'm trying to find the balance between um passion and okay you actually have to eat and pay bills yeah yeah you know so it's it's not easy but eventually I will find it and uh, I'm going to have fun and maybe I will do what you said and do a podcast especially just for um everything menstruation related seeing as it's I would love to listen to that honestly I would really really love it get people's stories and you're just you're so easy to talk to and I'm sure people listening like you can sense your the energy and the open energy you have like when you're open about something it it encourages people to be more open themselves yeah and you're very approachable on Instagram so if anyone's like do message Augustine if you have any questions or like check out her instagram lives because you're you're just so knowledgeable like the, yeah and this. you know the funny thing is sometimes i i have this thing in my head because people tell you if you want to do videos on instagram whatever it has to be a particular way or you're not going to get attention or whatever and like i really i really struggle with that because i want to do exactly like i do on a day-to-day basis but just have a camera there and talk so I'm, I'm, hopefully I'll have enough courage to do more videos. Um, I'm planning on it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like it's even more important now that people have the time to actually think and research and have time to have those discussions. Because I think previously, we don't really have so much time because we were doing so many things and rushing in so many places. Yeah. And things have really slowed down now. So fingers crossed definitely Mm. have you any closing words of advice for people in regards to either their periods or taking an eco-friendly approach or anything at all you'd like to finish off with everything's connected you know um from your body to the environment to other people everything is connected one way or another so 
don't just stop at reusable menstrual products if you're going to um, if you do decide to go for reusable menstrual products really think about your whys why you're going into it because then that will be the motivation when sometimes you come across an item that doesn't really get along with you okay you might not get along with my pad but there's others you might not get along with that cup but there's others and don't let money be the only obstacles are. Yes, I know it is an obstacle for a lot of people. But like I said at the beginning, there are people who are willing. If you are really, really pressed, I don't mind if you send me a message. Um, I am very, very generous. <laughs> Maybe too much for my own good. But um, I really care, you know. It's, and I think we should all really care about anything we choose to do. So if you are choosing to make a step for the environment, make sure it's like you actually do care if it's about for your body and health reasons it has to really come from a genuine place otherwise you're just going to buy it try one give up and say oh that's it it would be something you talked about oh i tried it once yeah you know and sometimes once is not enough <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to there's so many thoughts going on and I'm like, what, what would I end with? I don't know what to end with. <laughs> just that's, try. Yeah. yeah. Try your best. That's it. Try your best. I think that's, that's a good way of summing it up. And there's so many. And don't more... try to do everything at once. I'm trying to tell myself that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so, so much, Augustina. This has been thank such you. a pleasure. I've had a lot of fun as well on this. <laughs> so thanks for inviting me. If you have any questions yourself or anyone listening, would like to reach out to me you know where to find me live our values instagram i'm very active these days so Amazing. don't hesitate cool thank you so much that is Hello again, that was Augustina. I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed chatting to her. She is just so open, so lovely to talk to. And if there is someone in your life that you think might benefit from this podcast, either from the chatting about the eco-friendly products, if they're struggling with something, or just in regards to feeling shameful about their period please send them this and get in touch if you've any opinions if you've any suggestions anything you want to add to the conversation please let me know I'm on Instagram uh, book of Lee's podcast Twitter and Facebook you can always email me con- contact me through the website everything that was mentioned will be detailed in the show notes linked in the show notes check them out on book of for full proper links and just to mention as well we didn't there's some things we left out talking about the menstrual cup that I only remembered after that I remember some friends actually asking me before that I thought might be good to know so just quickly about the menstrual cup when you're using it you you can just you can sanitize it with boiling water that's what I use I I wash it with boiling water after every cycle if I'm out and about if I'm in at, even if I'm at home I just I run it under the tap to rinse everything off before I reinsert it if I'm out and about I pour the contents down the toilet I do that all the time and then I would go out to the communal sink and rinse it there sometimes I am still a little bit oh I don't want people to see me doing that I don't want them to feel grossed out even though that shouldn't be a thing but that is what I do usually I wait I might wait for it to die down a little bit out there but it is quite easy to do people don't be really watching what you're doing at the sink these days so that is how you use the cup in between cycles and how you can wash it out there's other ways of doing it some people might use 
um, baking soda and things like that. But that's not what I've done. But as always, the internet is an amazing resource to look up how other people wash theirs. And you can wear a cup anytime a day for any activity except when it comes to sex. So obviously don't wear it for sex, but people say, oh, I do yoga. What if you're doing a handstand? Will everything just fall back out? No, (laughs) because of the consistency of your period. It's not water. It's like tissue most of the time for most people anyway. It doesn't just fall out. It will stay in there. You can do your yoga, your acrobatics while wearing a cup. That doesn't matter. And just check that it is opened out fully when you do insert it you can run your finger around the edge if it still feels folded up give it a squeeze and if you find that that's it's just really hard to to open up then you might need a smaller size you might just have like a very strong muscular muscularly wall vagina so yeah you might just need a smaller size and I think that is it if you've any questions if there's anything we've left you in the dark on please get in touch with myself or Augustina you heard how open she is And yeah, I hope going forward your periods are as pain-free, hassle-free, eco-friendly as possible and as shame-free as possible. That's something we really need to hit on the head, I think. Okay, I think that's it. Please share, rate, review this episode. And if you can support it on Patreon or buymeacoffee.com, please do. I put a lot of hours into this one in particular. So any help will be much appreciated to go towards the podcast hosting fees and the website as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you. That's it from me. Have an amazing two weeks and stay safe. I will talk to you soon. Bye.